Makefacalendar.com is your rabbinically approved personal guide to Torah to Mishpacha observance. Times and dates are automatically calculated and explained in English and Hebrew. Anywhere you are, sunrise and sunset are automatically adjusted. Receive email or text messages for important dates and times. May divine blessings of spiritual and material well-being continue to rain down and permeate your marriage and your home. Visit www.mikvahcalendar.com. That's M-I-K-V-A-H-C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R.com. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the nations. This is Noahide Nations. You're here on Israel National Radio, and it's great to be here. I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson, and joining me today is my co-host, Adam Penrod. Adam, how you doing? Great. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing okay. You've been uh, doing all right since you got back from your honeymoon? I mean, how's the married life treating you? So far, so good. Uh, there have so far not been any demands so daunting that I could not meet them. So, uh, you know, I haven't been made into a slave yet. Um, I think we're working in that direction. But so far, you know, things are good. No, actually, it's been it's been great. Uh, you know, this has a, been a wonderful experience. And uh, I think it's much better than being single. Well, I can't help but agree with that. Uh, there's always difficult moments, but guess what? They're difficult moments when you're single, too. They're so. more difficult sometimes. You don't have somebody to help you. So. All right. Yeah. There's somebody to enjoy the misery with you. But it's great to you know to have you back. And, uh, and for the folks here who have tuned into us, we love you tuning in for this hour. Uh, this hour is going to be kind of different. Uh, we're going to talk about something that we have never talked about before. And it is atheism. And certainly on a radio station like Israel National Radio and a show like No Hide Nations, you would think the last thing you would ever hear about would be something like atheism. And yet, we all know that Hashem is for real, Hashem exists, but we always have somebody in our life who is forever the atheist. So today we're going to kind of explore the reasons why these people exist, uh, how, you know, because even myself, I ask the question, how could somebody not believe in God? It seems utterly insane to me how that can happen, and yet they actually have groups. In fact, did you know, Adam, that you can be a charitable organization recognized by the IRS as a charitable organization, a religious organization of atheism. Right. It's unbelievable. Uh, so they do exist, and apparently in a large number. And uh, so we're it, gonna. It's a gro- it's a growing number, in fact. Yeah. So we're going to uh, kind of address that uh, today and you know, deal with some of the questions that uh, uh, you folks have and the you know, questions that have been asked of us. So we're going to try and deal with this whole idea of atheism. And you know, kind of at the, at the end of the show, we hope it, it provided enough information to be able to respond to an atheist should they ask you any given questions about God, why do you think there's God, or whatever it might be. So, Adam, we've got, you know, one of the one of the main questions, of course, is, you know, what is atheism? Why don't you define that for us? Well, you know, atheism is actually taking on sort of a different meaning today than its classical context, what it used to originally mean. Uh, in, in Socrates' trial, Socrates is put on trial, um, and one of the uh, 
one of the things he's accused of doing is being an atheist, right? But another thing he's accused of doing is inventing gods nobody's heard of. <laughs> so you got so you got to take a moment. And you go, well, these guys in Athens were idiots, right? Atheists mean they don't believe in gods, and so why are you accusing him of being an atheist, and then also accusing him of being uh, someone who's inventing gods nobody's ever heard of, right? Well, the truth of the matter is, originally atheism really all it meant was you didn't believe in my god, right? You didn't believe in our gods. So whatever gods the Athenians believed in, uh, Socrates was being accused of not believing in them, uh, right? I see. Okay. And that he was inventing gods nobody had heard of. He was he was he was you know teaching about new gods. And, of course, nobody wants to hear about, you know, gods they, they haven't heard of. Um, Jews and Christians have both been accused of being atheists uh, by the Romans. Um, and, again, it's, it, it has the connotation of you not believing in our gods. So that's, that, was the, that was the traditional meaning of it. But the way we use it now, the, the most the, when, we, when we talk about everybody knows that uh, when you're saying someone's an atheist, what you mean is that, you're talking about somebody who lacks a belief in God or who even goes so far as denies that God exists. Or a, a, a higher power. Because higher power, sure. Because we know today there's you know, over 10,000 recognized religions. Uh, most of them uh, are not monotheistic. So you know, we're talking about somebody who does not have a belief in, in a, a higher being, if you will. It's, it's interesting, though, that um, you know Buddhism actually started off as an atheistic religion. It didn't believe in a god, but it did believe in souls. I did not know that. It, it's, 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 it's very interesting. Um, that's how it started off. It's more of a philosophy that sort of sort of a spiritual philosophy. But um, you know, religion and non-religion comes in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a, a pretty good definition. I, did we get anywhere with the? Uh, Pretty much a present day. I mean, are you satisfied with that definition of just somebody who does not believe in a in a higher supreme creator? Yeah, for the most part, especially when we're talking about here in America, when somebody says they're an atheist, what they're telling us is they're saying, "I don't believe in a god or any god or whatever." I had a friend in college, or he's still a friend of mine, uh, who's an atheist, and uh, I remember a very funny uh, situation where um, you know he was he was an atheist, and everybody knew it. Uh, we had new staff come in, and uh, one of the staff was a very zealous Christian. He could never quite get his, wrap his mind around what an atheist was. Um, so I remember one time he approached my friend and he said, if you'll come to church with me one Sunday, I'll go to one of your atheist uh, gatherings. I'll go to one of your, your atheist worship centers or whatever like that. And he goes, no, 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 I'm an atheist. We don't do that. We don't have worship centers. We don't do, we don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, he, he, he equated being an atheist with being some sort of pagan or, or whatever else. So it's kind of funny. No, generally speaking, you know, yeah, I think it's a very good definition. And when you're meeting somebody and they identify themselves as an atheist, that's what they mean. Okay, and just for clarification purposes, uh, maybe you can uh, uh, share what is an agnostic. We know what an atheist is. What is an agnostic? This is another uh, um, term that's a little bit confusing for people. Um, agnostic is basically a combination of two Greek words. Um, you know, the, the A in, in, in both agnostic and, and atheist both mean the same thing, and it means like not, right? Or, you know, does not, if you will. And in, in, in Gnostic come, it means like gnosis, like knowledge. So what an agnostic is, he's someone who says, I don't know. 
right? You say, do you believe in God? And the agnostic goes, I don't know. Maybe he exists. Maybe he doesn't exist. So an atheist is taking a much firmer stand. He's saying, you know what? God doesn't exist. Or I lack the belief that, that a God or higher power exists. A theist is saying God does exist. Agnostic is right there in the middle and says, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Right, and that's they're they're basically the guy who's who's kind of walking you know, on the fence. All right, he's kind of uh, and it's funny because agnostics get a lot of hassle from from people on both sides of the issue. You know, atheists call them cowards because you know just come out and admit you don't believe God exists. Just you know, you're just being a coward. You're trying to you know uh, pretend like you know you're you're being intellectually honest, but you're, you're really just you don't you're, you're too concerned about telling people what you really think. Uh, theists are just like going, eh, you know. Maybe you should study, you know. So, <laughs> so I guess so, I guess I guess I would call him a religious moderate. Yes, yes, a religious or, non-religious a, moderate. Uh, an yeah. atheist would call him. No, he's a secular right, moderate. Right, right, right. So, the, the, well, you know, and people have different uh, degrees to which they view agnostics. There are there are atheists who say there's no such thing as agnosticism. Um, there's, there, you're either an atheist or a theist. You're, you're one or the other. And the fact is that agnostics, very often, sometimes they lean more in the direction of atheism, sometimes they lean more in the direction of theism. It just kind of depends on which day of the week you catch them. Right. So, uh, and I've always been curious about this uh, myself because I, 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 ever since I can remember, I've always believed uh, in in God in in a crea- creator, um, I was misguided early on. You know, like the Tanakh tells us, we've inherited lies. Well, you know, I had to do some homework to get past the lies to to find right. the truth. Right. But I could never understand, you know, why why are people atheists? I mean, what is going on internally that would cause them to be someone who did not believe in, in, in a creator to the extent that they believe they're descended from an ape. Well, you know, let me give you a very Torah response, right? Let me give you a Torah from an answer from the mindset of the Torah. It depends. <laughs> okay. That sounds about right. <laughs> you know, you can't, it, it's, it's really impossible. I think most people assume that if you're an atheist, it's because you, an atheist, it's because you believe in science. And, and, and in believing in science, you therefore believe that science doesn't allow room for God, and that's why you're an atheist. You have some sort of ultra-adherence to science. But the truth of the matter is, is that even if you have an atheist who tells you the reason they're an atheist is because of science versus the Bible, there are a lot of atheists out there who that has absolutely nothing to do with why they're an atheist. There are atheists, I'd say they're kind of different categories of atheists. There are atheists who are atheists because of emotional reasons. Perhaps they um, had some sort of emotion experience that really negatively turned them off of religion. Um, maybe they had some religious people who abused them or did something to them, and they just they were just like, ah, I can't take this. You know, religion's a crock. You know, this, and they, they become an atheist for that reason. You have your, sort of your intellectual atheists, and I would say those there are those within that group. There are kind of two main groups. There are those who who are saying I'm an atheist because. <clears throat> I mean, atheist because science shows us that nature works by itself, that nature doesn't need God to function. We can have life, we can have 
We can have, you know, uh, uh, things work, you know, the universe goes, revolves, that, you know, you have big bangs, you have, you have everything you need for, for the universe to exist. The turnkey operation. Right. Science <laughs> explains it to the best of its ability. It, it explains it. And so, so because we can explain things through natural means, there's no need for us to, to really, uh, uh, um, we, we have no need to believe in God. God is actually a crutch. God is a crutch for whenever you don't know something, you just throw God in. It's called God of the gaps, right? So, they say so. So you have those who who, who go from it from a scientific perspective. Among the intellectual atheists, I think there's another group that I would call the philosophical atheists. A philosophical atheist may or may not, you know, uh, necessarily think science proves um, uh, that there's no need for God. I think that you could say actually, um, what they, they they're they're more like, you know, there are a number of different arguments for the existence of God. Or, you know, you have like the cosmological argument. You know, you have you have a number of these different these different arguments. And what they would probably say is, you know, none of these arguments are sufficient. You, there is no argument for God's existence that doesn't have major problems with it, and therefore we we don't really see a, a strong reason to, uh, to 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 believe in God. We think it's just as reasonable not to believe in God as it is to believe in God, and therefore. We're just going to choose not to believe in God. Well, what's interesting about that is, you know, we've all heard about Darwin's theory. Yeah. Uh, the thing that people don't remember is the definition of the word theory. And it today, even today, it's a theory that is, you know, I suppose if you were to look at it in that sense, it's as plausible because there's not enough information, enough ways to ensure that man was descended from apes because of, you know, the so-called missing link. Uh, there's a reason there's a missing link. It's because we weren't descended from apes. So for the same reason that they are saying that about their lack of belief in God, for that reason, we, can, we could turn it around and say the same thing about uh, our lack of belief in evolution. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, too, would somebody, for example, because uh, I've heard this said, that I don't believe in God. God is in me. God is me. Would that be an atheist? Or I think it's an idolater for right. sure, but would that be an atheist even though, because they're saying they don't believe in a supreme being, that a God is like the universe, this right. whole Zen thing, and it's, it's me. And, you know, I've heard people say that, you know, God is, is them. God isn't out there. God didn't create anything. It all came from the Big Bang, so therefore God is, is me. Well, and, I, I think in, in today's world, when we're talking about atheists, I think, I think you could take atheist and replace it with materialist. Generally speaking, most atheists would say that there's nothing beyond the physical world. Right. There's no such thing as, as spirits. There's no such things as... Um, a, soul. a soul. There's no soul. Right. They would they would deny all those things as well because I mean once you start, you know, of course, the moment you admit a soul, souls exist, and you have to ask yourself, well, where where do souls come from? Right. So then you then you start kind of getting into this this discussion. So I, I think most atheists would would tend to say as far away from that kind of thing as possible. You know, there's there's a uh, in, in some ways the, the um, anything that has to do with um, uh, spirituality is treated with extreme skepticism amongst atheists. In fact, one of the most uh, popular atheist magazines, The Skeptic, 
or things or it's called skeptic or skepticism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, they that's what they do. They they come with they come to these different things. They treat uh, God as like they treat alien sightings, right? They're just as suspicious that God exists as they are that aliens have actually okay. been sighted, right? <laughs> so, which is funny because one of the the the, uh, the world premier atheist Richard Dawkins actually uh, suggested that it's possible that uh, life was seeded from outer space that were actually uh, possibly alien right. seed of some sort. But right. whatever, you know, whatever. Um, Which may be entirely plausible, and except you still have the question. Where did life come what, from? Exactly. Right, 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 right. You know, it's so, not that that was the beginning, oh, because we were dropped off from, from, from a UFO or something. Right. Uh, okay, well, where did it begin there? Sure. There had sure. to be a creation point. Right. So it, it's... So there are a lot of reasons to be an atheist. There are, you know, there, you know, I think that the the ways of dealing with atheism are are more and more difficult. I'll tell you that um, um, a very popular line of reasoning is that I'm an atheist because I lack belief. I lack belief. Um, I have no interest in gaining belief either. So you know, this is a very difficult position I feel for an atheist to take because. Everybody's life is filled with belief. Even an atheist, someone who who has complete confidence in science, because there's no one person who could ever conduct the scientific research for themselves that's been done by human beings. It's impossible. Right, right. So you require a certain level of belief that when you get a report from somebody and you read it, that what you're reading is actually reliable. Right. Now, the atheist will tell you, well, you know... Um, you're right. There are certain types of belief that I do hold to and others that I reject. And it depends on the, the nature of the belief, whether one type of belief is more absurd than another type of belief. Um, but that's kind of a weak position because you then have to justify why you believe anything. Why do you believe any? What's the basis of your belief? Because True. until you justify that, it's impossible for you to say why you reject one belief over another belief. So, you, so, so that, that would be one of my criticisms with sort of that position um, of it. And it would depend on what, what an atheist might say regarding that. Well, uh, I've always found it uh, difficult. In fact, I've had uh, a friend of mine many years ago. Uh, we went to school together. And something happened, because you'd mentioned this, and that's what got me thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something happened in, in his life that caused him to be uh, against religion so much that he convinced himself that God doesn't exist. Right. And so it was a product of his environment. And that environment, oddly enough, was Catholicism. And, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, forget Catholicism, is his parents rammed it down his throat, along with the other kids. Sure. And as a result of having it rammed down their throat, he had a severe animosity towards it. And you grow up with that, and in his adulthood, you now are basically taking charge of of your own life. Right. And I remember him one time, his wife is a believer in, in the Creator, uh, we've had long discussions uh, about that very subject. But he would always say, God is for the weak. Right. And oddly enough, it's funny because I used to think about that. And I said, you know, in, in, in some sense, he's correct. Because uh, when we feel weak, we pray to Hashem. When sure. we feel strong, we thank Hashem. 
So in, in a way, you know, God is for everybody, but he was partially right. <laughs> and and yet he he was he was saying it emphatically because he was an atheist. I don't believe in God, and anyone who does believe in God is therefore weak. Sure. And it never I could never figure out how could you not believe in in Hashem. Well, I didn't say Hashem at the time, but sure. God. Mm-hmm. And it was just mind boggling to me, even to this very day, how people can look around them and say. This is all an accident. Well, you know, <laughs> there, there's a lot to contend with nowadays. Um, there's there's a lot of, uh, I mean, there's so much knowledge. Everybody's stupid, you know. That's that's out there. You right. know, I mean, it's 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 a, it's a big problem. There's, and honestly, I think some people maybe get get overwhelmed because I mean, I mean they become atheists because they're overwhelmed by the information, and that we've also, in many ways, we have um, elevated uh, science and scientists to a level where there are absolute authorities. And when we have scientists telling us that God does not exist, we go, well, they should know what they're talking about. A little-known secret is, is that most scientists outside of their very specific field of science are idiots. I, I mean, I mean I, I'm not trying to be – I mean, there are some, some scientists who are very smart, and right. they, can, they can go into other areas, and, and they're very knowledgeable. But what I'm saying is, is that because of the, the, the mentality of education that we teach in this country, most scientists are taught to just focus very narrowly – on your area of study, your discipline, and those, and very often those 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 areas of discipline are very narrow, and um, and so when they so 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 for them, you know, uh, when you start asking them questions, even about other sciences, uh, they they, you know, there's not a whole lot they have to say about that, and so I think it's a mistake that we're that we're uh, asking scientists to be experts on something they probably not studied or studied very little or have never attempted to comprehend. Well, I think it also helps solidify their positions that they take, their their theories and their hypothesis that they draw in terms of evolution. You Evolution can't exist the way they frame it if you have a creator. Even yeah. though you and I both know that, oh, no, evolution is completely possible. It's the green blob that you're talking about that we all came from as a result of this Big Bang. That's what they want us to believe. Uh, but you, you can't have that because there's still a creator, even of the green blob which generated life. Well, you, yeah, you know, I, I would say that, that, you know, there's really not a problem with with evolution in general and believing right, in God. Right. The problem is, though, is the belief that you can have a green blob through chance. Exactly. And this is where, this is the, the problem. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, science actually has very specific, you know, they have very specific definitions of what they mean about chance. They sort of change the definition to right. suit their purposes better, <laughs> you know, better. But, you know, essentially it all boils down to, you know, is chance. Chance is what makes the world go round, you know, you know, for, for science. Well, I think as the math improves, too, uh, I mean, some of the math they even talk about, I can barely even say the, the, the name of it. Uh, they are beginning to realize that chance really is not part well, of the equation. It's, it's very it's, – it's, there's a big problem because – because actually there are certain scientists who are saying there are certain scientific disciplines – that they would they would regard more as philosophy than actually science. Right. Well, let's go ahead and hold that thought. I mean, that's a great way to come back from the break because we're hitting a hard break right now and really need to scoot. So, folks, stick around with us, and we'll see you on the other side.
Camp Moshevav Wild Rose is excited to announce the opening of our new Aquapark Adventure Playground, featuring a giant water slide, trampoline, and much more. A great tradition of fun and friendship for over 70 years in a great religious Zionist program. We offer a $1,000 new camper incentive. Space is still available for campers in grades 3 to 10. Call us at 847-674-9733 or visit moshevavwildrose.org. Hop down on time at the airport. Introducing the ultimate airport experience by Menasha Sofer's airport service. It's the first of its kind. The VIP meet and assist shuttle guarantees a completely stress-free traveling experience to and from Ben-Gurion International Airport. Online at www.msoferairport.com. Tell them you heard about it here at Israel National Radio. Speed and service. msoferairport.com. M-S-O-P-H-E-R airport.com. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around for the second half of the Noahide Nation show here on Israel National Radio. And, of course, your co-hosts are Ray Patterson and my good friend Adam Penrod. And we've been having a discussion on atheism. And, yes, I, I know and said at the top of the show, it's one of those topics you probably didn't think you'd ever hear about on <laughs> Israel National Radio, but you, you are. And, and it's a very interesting topic from the standpoint that we know they exist we know that they're out there in good size numbers because they actually have groups they have events my gosh they may even have conferences they're, they're actually you know, you know they, they actually have children's camps available now oh they're, my they're gosh. growing so big that you can send your kid to atheist camp where they can learn how to be real skeptics <laughs> So. Well, I was unaware of that. I, I appreciate the update on that. I didn't know they had progressed that, that long. But the reason we are addressing this issue, folks, is is really for all of our purposes here uh, as one of Hashem's creations. And not only, you know, one of the things, of course, is we're here to correct ourselves, but the other thing is to be able to, to emulate Avraham. Because Abraham was able to teach many, many, many people about a creator. So in doing that, obviously one of those people that would have to be spoken to at some point is an atheist. And so, you know, it kind of begs the question, how do you deal with an atheist when you are a God-fearing, God-believing, God-worshipping individual? How do you deal with that type of uh, a person? Well, let me give you let me give you a, an, another Torah response from the the mindset of the Torah. It depends, you know. Once again, it depends. <laughs> we're back to depends. It, it, we're back to we're, we're back to adult diapers. No, uh, we're no. It really, um, it kind of depends on what kind of atheist you're dealing with. It really depends on what kind of questions they're asking. Are they challenging you, or or, or what's going on? It's very important that you do a couple of things. Number one. It's always important that you be a very humble person. If you don't know how to answer someone, don't answer them. Just tell them, I don't know. Be, be you know, honest with it. Actually being honest and, and admitting when you don't know something is a person can find much more respectable than trying to make something up that sounds absolutely absurd. So that would be always my first bit, my, my first bit of advice is if you don't know, then just admit it and just say, I don't know. 
Now, don't say, don't say I don't know and then never think about it again. I would say that then now you have a challenge or something that you need to go pursue and, and try to understand to the best of your ability. Right. And just to qualify that, uh, that goes for regardless of whether you're talking to an atheist or to anyone. Anyone. anyone yeah. yeah. It, uh, humility goes a long way, and it's taught rather well in Proverbs. Absolutely. Another thing is, is that you really want to make sure you understand you know, what you're being asked. Is the atheist attacking you? Are they just asking a question out of curiosity? Are they challenging you to prove to them that God exists? What's, what is going on? What, what, what is the purpose of the discussion? And, and some of this can be also answered by knowing, well, what kind of atheist are you dealing with? And very often you'll know this by the types of questions they're asking you. So if you have an atheist who comes up and they start asking you intellectual questions, they start asking you, they start making philosophical arguments, right? For example, one, one topic would be if, God is good, then why is there evil in the world, right? They might, okay, let's, let's they, go with that one. That's, right? a, that's a great one. Let's go so, with that. So an atheist who, who might come up and, and, and ask a question like this, then, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter, the, the simple answer for something like that is, is that, uh, you know, God created the world. God is the, is the, the supreme authority behind everything in the world. God has, has established what's right and what's wrong. He has a plan for the world. And if there's suffering and if there's um, evil in the world, it's because as part of God's plan, those things are allowed. That is the beginning and ending of, of, of the discussion. Now, perhaps an atheist isn't going to find that satisfying, but that's really not the purpose. When you're talking with so anyone, whether it's an atheist or whatever, the purpose is not that you've lost the discussion if the atheist, if, if the other person doesn't agree with you. The truth of the matter is, is sometimes you'll never come to a point where where you've changed someone's mind. What matters is, is that you have answers for yourself and that you understand how to answer the question. The fact that, that, that God has a plan, and part of that plan involves free will, which then allows for suffering in the world because we human beings can take advantage of our free will and do things we shouldn't do. That is an internal answer. The atheist in that situation is asking you a question. He's, they're trying to challenge your religion based upon your religion. They're, they're, they're picking on something and giving you an internal challenge. So even let's even say you made a great response you know, defending why, there can, why, why God is good and there's evil in the world. You haven't then... Uh, refuted the position of atheism. All that you've managed to do is demonstrate that there's an internal consistency to your own belief system. That's all you've. That's really all you've accomplished, right? Which is which in and of itself is important. But the, but but no ways should you should you fool yourself and think that you've now disproved atheism. And I guess that's probably the the key ingredient there is that you're not here to prove that atheism is is inaccurate. And in fact, by the very nature of their question, even if they're challenging you, that's not a requirement on your part. It's a requirement on theirs. And from what I'm gathering from what you're saying is that even if you give them the excellent answer, you're really going to find out if they're challenging you when they, they ask a question or make a statement that, oh, well, that doesn't prove that there's a God. Right. That is, you know, yeah. Because now, okay, now we're getting to the root of the issue. It's, is there a God, is what right. you're asking. Right. And you kind of force them into that corner to try and draw out what it is they're asking. And that's so important. You've got to know somebody. And, again, atheist or whatever, you've got to always understand what the other person's really getting at. And sometimes when people ask you questions or challenge you, they don't even know themselves sometimes what they're trying to get at, right? And it's through, the, through discussion that you sort of discover this. 
But you've got to get at what, what is the core issue. Because there are different types of atheists. If an atheist who is an atheist because they had a negative emotional experience comes up and says to you, there is no God because science proves God doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go through and you show how sci- the belief in science and the belief in God don't necessarily conflict and yada, yada, yada. Right. And, you, and you prove that, right. right? That doesn't mean you've now convinced them to not be an atheist anymore because they're, the reason they're an atheist has nothing at all to do with science. Right. It has to do with some whatever emotional state that they're in, whatever emotional experience that they've had sometime in their life. So really – you have to sort of play, you know, the, the walking psychologist, right? You have to really figure out what is it that they're really trying to get at? What's what is it? Why are they an atheist? And then, you know, why are, are they are they really being honest in their questions? Or are they asking questions that have nothing to do with where they are? Are they just picking on you, right? There are some, there are some uh, atheists who are asking you questions or challenging you, not because they really want to know, but because they want to pick on you. Right. And, you know, you, you want to find out for your own self, is that is that's the type of person I'm dealing with? And if so, don't waste your time talking to them. Right, you know? because you'll never win that battle. Right. And you, there's no sense in driving yourself crazy, right. which uh, is kind of uh, uh, interesting, too, that I was just sitting here thinking that uh, the when at what point do they become an atheist? No one is born an atheist. So we have to then assume that it is something that has occurred in their environment through the course of their life that has caused them to have this line of thinking that there is no creator. And the real trick is to establish what that is, what that root cause is, because invariably uh, an, an atheist, there's no reason an atheist would really come to you and start asking questions unless... They were seeking, which if they're an atheist, they're not in the truest sense, or they're there to pick on you. So now you need to find out what the root of the problem is, what in their environment caused them. It's it's, it's really funny. I was, um, you know, at my bachelor party. My brother asked me, what do you want to do for your bachelor party? Right, right. right. And I said, (laughs) you know, well, I guess there's one or two things I'd like to do. Either go find a Dave and Buster's and have chicken wings and, and play video games which there's no David Buster's in San Angelo, or I want to have a debate, right? I just want us to sit around and debate things because I enjoy, you know, discussing and throwing <laughs> things back, back and forth. So, of course, my brother, being the great best man that he is, says, okay, we'll do a debate. So we get together for the bachelor party. We've got several people. And, and of course, one member of the group is an atheist, and we start debating atheism, right? <laughs> and we, we're, I think we ended up debating until 2 or 3 in the morning. So you see, you don't have to be drunk to to have a, a late night fun late into the evening, right? Right. But um, so so we so we're debating back and forth, and uh, I'm, he's giving me different challenges, and I'm answering them the best I can, and whatever else. And then finally, at one point, I go, "What is your your issue? Right? What are you? What is it that you really? What is it that makes you an atheist? Why are you?" The way you are. I mean, I've, you, you've thrown out about a zillion questions, and I answer them, and then you change where you're coming from. What What is the issue that I need to answer in order for you not to be an atheist, right? And I had to I had to put it out there because we were we were really getting nowhere because I was answering questions, but that wasn't ultimately what he was looking for. And so you've really at some point got to stop and go, what's your problem? You know, I mean, not perhaps a much friendlier way, but, you had, but really, you have to say, what is it that you really want to know? What is it, what challenge is it that uh, that you need me to overcome for you to stop being an atheist or that I need to over? What challenge can I um, you know, offer you to the very least uh, 
make you an agnostic or to make you, you know, leave religious people alone? What is what is at the core of your being that's that's making you an atheist? And sometimes you just have to come out and and ask because uh, it was such a it's such a funny experience. And I've had this experience not just with atheists but other people where you're you're debating and discussing and whatever else, and you realize you're kind of going in circles because you're answering questions. But it's the but the, the answers are not getting to whatever is really behind their challenge, and that's what you've got to find. And until you find that, it doesn't matter how brilliant and wonderful the answers you give are, they're never going to persuade that person. And so, so you have, you have to ask them, is there anything I can say that will persuade you? And they say no. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I was just thinking that exact <laughs> same thing. It, it basically would boil down to a, a, a point where you need, you're, you're here to close the deal. Right. What is it going to take right. to convince you? What would it take in your life to change you from an atheist to believing in a creator? Right. In fact, I really wonder, and I don't know the answer to this, but I really wonder how many of them have actually been asked that question. I, I don't know. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes they, they uh, you know, they, they've never been asked that question, and sometimes they have. And uh, some, so I asked this particular atheist what it would require, and he basically said, "I need a, I need a prophecy that is clear cut, not vague, that I can then witness being performed." And so we boiled it down. We finally found a prophecy that would meet his criteria, and the prophecy is is that in the in the messianic era, the um, every year the nations will, will be required to come up. For Sukkot, right. a couple other right. uh, uh, celebrations, and if they don't, God will not let rain happen in their land. And if you're in Egypt, the Nile will not flood. And we we, we determined that that was the only thing that would satisfy him. When he could see that, he would stop being an atheist. So I said, "Well, you know, you know, when the Messiah comes tomorrow, we'll we'll, we'll watch that happen. You know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll welcome you aboard. So, you know, so so that was his. That's what his. That's his requirement. I, I think that in some ways that, you know, I, you know, I'm not satisfied with with where he is, but at the same time, we yeah, it's I guess okay, we have know? to be accepting of the fact that the light hasn't gone on yet. And you know, it's not necessarily that you know, even if if someone makes an absurd claim like that, that they that they will only. You know, only this little tiny thing will ever will I ever be convinced. Right. That's not necessarily true. You have to realize that sometimes people are kidding themselves. They, they they come up with and they decide that I am only going to be convinced that I'm wrong under these circumstances. And tomorrow they go out and something completely unexpected happens and they change their opinion. So you know you you, you know one thing that I've always thought is very important, and this is probably the key to everything is is that when you have a discussion. What you're really doing is you're planting seeds. And if you can make enough decent arguments, defend where you're coming from, and maybe even give them something to chew on, then you've planted a seed in their heads, and then perhaps over time that will begin to mature and eventually it will go somewhere. But the, the, the most important thing, though, is for a person who is who does believe in God not to cease believing in God. And for them to do that, I think it's very important that they do certain things. I think they need to to read uh, the scriptures. I think they need to engage in prayer. I think that they need to um, uh, work with other like-minded individuals to either study together or they need, or pray together even. Right. And I'll tell you, if, if you're doing this kind of stuff regularly, I, I mean, I don't know any religious people who haven't had some sort of spiritual experience, right? That haven't had some sort of benefit from it. 
who haven't seriously taken the teachings of their religion, done their best to apply and haven't seen benefit from it. Right. Right. So I, I think that I think that there are some positive things you can do to reinforce it. If you come across a challenge that you can't overcome yourself, then you should seek out someone more knowledgeable than you are about it. Send them questions and, and get those answers to the best of your ability. But you should also realize you should also recognize what your limitations are as an individual, because we all have different limitations. We all, all have an area where we go. You know, my ability to understand, comprehend, and, and, and whatever is, is at this level, always attempt to grow, but realize we're all going to grow at different different rates. You know, the, the, I think the best solution to everything is to have what is called emuna, faith. Right. And that is absolute faith in the creator and that anything and everything that happens is from him. And I don't say emunah, faith, in the sense that this this should then allow you to stop being th- to stop thinking. Oh well, no, that's the worst thing you could that's do. That's the worst thing uh-huh. because you know what? A person who 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 tries to live their life only through faith but never through thinking is actually weakening their faith. Faith requires us to have knowledge, to gain knowledge, and increase our knowledge, and to expand it and strengthen it, because without that. We can't sustain emunah. Well, and Hashem expects us not only to think about it, but to do to something do it. about it. And this is why this is why uh, um, uh, uh, Judaism is not taught as a philosophical study in colleges. It's taught as a it's taught as a, a action religion. It's something you know. God told us these, you need to do these certain things, and you know what? If you do these certain things, you'll see spiritual benefit from doing it. Right. Not just. Not just physical benefit, but you'll actually grow spiritually. And I've, I've certainly seen that in my life, and I, I know that others have seen it in their life as well. Well, and like you say, I think anyone who is deeply involved in a religion, we'll call it, right. uh, has had some type of experience. Uh, they're not taking it on faith alone, but that experience... It, it really, you know, I suppose in some cases it does just happen. You know, like your, your, your life is spared from an unbelievable accident where by all rights you should have been killed. Sure. And yet you survived, got a few scratches, bumps and bruises. It's something that's that unexplainable is one of those possible experiences. Right. But usually, for most of us, it's not that that happens. The faith, the emunah that you're talking about comes from the study of his Torah. Right. Our actions, our doing it, is actually a sign of that faith. Because when we pray to Hashem, we're not praying to Hashem uh, for Him to do it. We are praying to Hashem that I'm going to do it. I'm praying for the result. Right. And, and for a favorable result. Right. And, you know, it's, it's you know, what they said, all, everyone in one loud voice at Sinai. We will do we will hear. and we will hear. So, uh, when when it, and so a challenge is most certainly, in fact, probably one of the biggest challenges would be an atheist. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, For these most are people, yeah, these most, are people yeah. who want you to believe that life came from nothingness, and yet that is almost the definition of God. Is God can only create life from nothingness, <laughs> right? So, well, there there are plenty of mysteries in this world. Um, there are plenty of mysteries in this world without having to invent new mysteries or to ignore the old ones because the oh. old mysteries still exist. Right. 
You know, where does life come from? It's still very much a mystery today, and, and scientists are, or, or Darwinian evolutionists are frantically attempting to find the solution to the question, where does life come from? Right. Why, you know, how do you have inorganic material that suddenly becomes living? How does, how do you, how does that happen, right? Well, and it's even more amazing because somehow they think this new telescope that they're launching is going to provide those answers. Almost like, boy, we're going to get to the point that one day we're going to be able to take a snapshot of the moment of creation. But even then, based upon... Kabbalistic thought, even then, they get that snapshot of that Big Bang. It still doesn't prove that God does not exist. The- well, I mean, the opposite. I mean, we, we know <laughs> you have a snapshot of the Big Bang. There's no, you have photographic evidence that the universe came into being at some point. Exactly. This is, but this- that's, what they're, that's what they're saying it, it all came from anyway, was the Big Bang. Well, they didn't used to say this. The, the no, classic, the Classically, an atheist had a, had, a, had, a, had a very good argument to some extent because he could claim the universe has always been here. And that it's always been here, and it's always worked in a natural fashion. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Right. Is it the, the moment of, of creation. In fact, if the telescope works well enough, you'd actually be able to see the creation of the void. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, the you, Big you, Bang the, comes after. <laughs> well, at the very least, you, you, would, you would have evidence that the universe started at some point versus has always been there. And we believe that anyway through, you know, science teaches us that now. But this has always, this has been actually a very challenging you know, theory for atheists, that the, the, because you have to ask yourself, well, if it has a beginning, how can something have a beginning? You know, where, where does, where, you know, what caused the Big Bang? Who banged it, right? Right. You know, and what did they use to bang it with? You know, what, you know, how did these, <laughs> how, how did this happen, right? And this is, uh, of course, there are other, there, there are theory, they, they try to come up with this no- notion of a, a cyclical universe where the universe comes into being for a little while, expands and then contracts and then expands again and contracts and it does this, you know, forever. Um, of course, not something that can ever be proven. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, look, we, we, you know, we still have the same questions uh, at the core and um, you should never let yourself be confused by someone being overly confident in what they because we have plenty of written you know evidence of scientists and and not just scientists but other people religious people whatever who have been absolutely confident in their position to such an extent that now we look back at, at, at what they believed and call them fools. Right, and we now we have more than nine planets. Right. How long <laughs> did we have nine planets? <laughs> now, I may be tipping off my age as well, but uh, anyway, uh, folks, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this show. It, uh, it was something that you know Adam and I wanted to do that is that was different, that we really wanted to uh, do some reaching on some things that we know sometimes can be a, a, a big problem in, in our our day-to-day lives because without question there are atheists out there and there are more and counting so it's something that we wanted to touch on uh we hope that you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you and just a little housekeeping uh we do of course love getting your emails so please keep sending them in to our uh, email address at noahide at israelnationalradio.com and adam and i will be back next week and in the meantime please always look to the heavens for your help from your creator your help from Hashem because my friends I guarantee he is always looking out for you we'll see you next week Shalom
I was doing news talk radio, some evangelical Christians were very angry that a Christian station would have somebody on who does anti-missionary work, although I never discussed the anti-missionary work on air. I was fired, even though I had very high ratings. It became a news story covered by Israel National News, AP, CNN, anti-missionary rabbi gets show canceled. The next day, I was offered a show on Israel National Radio, and that's how it happened. That's Tovia Singer, the chief rabbi of News Talk Radio, live every Tuesday through Thursday and archived on IsraelNationalRadio.com. Listen up. I want to send a message out to all those fighting in the struggle, all those active in resisting the attempts of the Western powers in the Arab world to shrink the state of Israel and rob us of our right to freedom in our ancestral homeland. Find out what's really going on on the struggle for Israel's freedom. Mondays, 6 p.m. Israel time, archived all week on IsraelNationalRadio.com.